You know, as the choir was uh, singing the song, Quiet Place, two things came to my mind. Uh, You know, in our study of the uh, miracle of the uh, Psalms of the Degrees that we've been in, our focus has been on King Hezekiah and the uh, children of Judah. And uh, it's been amazing to see, if you remember, how Hezekiah at every crisis point uh, fled to the temple uh, to get alone with God, to get in God's presence to find uh, clarity of uh, mind, uh, to calm his emotions and turn his uh, gaze on God, uh, to find uh, confidence in God and his promises. And I don't know why, I also thought of Susanna Wesley. Uh, That was the mother of John Wesley, one of the greatest evangelists, revivalists of all time. If you know the story, Susanna uh, birthed 19 children. You thought Kathy and I had a lot of children. Well, she birthed 19. And you say, well, how did Susanna Wesley ever have a quiet time? You know what she did? She wore an apron. And when she wanted to have a quiet time, she would take that apron and she'd put it over her head and sort of hide herself with her Bible. And any time the children saw that, she taught them, leave mommy alone because uh, she's alone with God at that particular uh, time. Well, I hope you picked up a, a copy of the uh, sermon notes as you were uh, coming in. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, just because of what this has meant to me personally, I don't, I don't know what you've received from this uh, current uh, sermon series, uh, but it has uniquely blessed my life, if nothing else. And uh, so, so it's sad to say today we conclude uh, our series on the Psalms of the Degrees, entitled Celebrating Triumph Over Trouble Through Trust in God. And as you know, the Psalms of the Degrees consist of Psalms 120 uh, through Psalm 134. And we believe these 15 Psalms were compiled by Old Testament King Hezekiah. And he compiled these uh, Psalms to praise God and to praise God for fulfilling three promises that he made to Hezekiah. And you by now ought to know what those three promises uh, were. First, to heal Hezekiah of a terminal disease that he had contracted. Uh, Second, that he would add 15 years to his life. And third, that he would deliver the city of Jerusalem and the people of Judah from the Assyrian invasion. And the reason the Psalms are known as the Psalms of the Degrees is because God performed what is known as the miracle of the degrees to assure Hezekiah uh, that he could count on God to accomplish the promises he gave him. Now, most of the Psalms, as you know, are very short. Uh, This last psalm in the group, Psalm 134, is the shortest of them all, uh, which I've entitled, Bless the Lord, O My Soul. Now, this message will be a little different. It's a little abbreviated. And I'm not going to end the message. You're going to end the message. Uh, We're going to let you finish it up, put the exclamation point on it. I'll share a little bit more about this when we get to the end of the message. But as we come out of this message, we're going to go back to uh, some more singing and provide you an opportunity to bless the Lord uh, with a very, very brief testimony. And so you might want to be thinking about that. We're, not ta- we're just talking about something coming up here, just, just a few seconds, where you would just say, Lord, I want to bless you for...
whatever it might be, for your faithfulness or for your love or, Lord, I want to bless you for delivering me or providing for me, whatever it might be. So, uh, sort of what we call popcorn testimonies because we want to give as many people uh, that will have an opportunity to uh, participate. And uh, I am going to ask you to come to this mic because if you do it from where you're seated, no one's going to be able to, not everyone's going to be able to hear you. And so, uh, we have several songs. So, those songs are being sung. You can just come up and sit here on these uh, front pews, and then when the song ends, uh, those that are seated that have come up will let you give your brief testimony. But we'll go back over that when we come to the end of the, uh, uh, end of the message. So let's begin. Again, this is going to be abbreviated to allow for that. Of that. Let's begin by reading the psalm. Uh, which you'll find, of course, in your sermon notes. And then what we're going to do is go right to the historical background on the psalm, which uh, follows uh, the psalm which is printed in the notes. Behold, bless the Lord, all servants of the Lord, who serve by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the sanctuary and bless the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion he who made heaven and earth. A very, very simple psalm. Uh, its structure is very, very simple. In verses 1 and 2, you have the priest leading the people in blessing God, praising God, giving thanks to God, worshiping God. And in that last psalm, you have then the Lord, what? Blessing His people uh, in uh, return. So look at the historical background before we get into the lessons to be learned uh, for today. In the first Psalms of the Degrees, which was Psalm 120, if you can remember that far back, Hezekiah cries out, Woe is me! I mean, the, the uh, affliction of the illness, uh, the crisis of the Assyrian invasion, a much superior a force that had already overthrown uh, the majority of Judah. Uh, Jerusalem was the last city left standing. The land had already been ravished. So you find him this, woe is me. Uh, but the interesting thing here, in the concluding Psalms of the degrees, Hezekiah burst out into an ecstatic, bless the Lord. Hezekiah, and we've seen this throughout this study, haven't we? And, and, and I think that's what's made this study uh, so encouraging uh, to see how they went through this time of great affliction and adversity and crisis. And as they put their trust in God, God brought them through that. But Hezekiah, going back to the notes, Hezekiah and the children of, of Judah had suffered much, and they did suffer much through the Assyrian invasion and Hezekiah's illness. But God used the trials to purify and strengthen their faith even as gold is refined through the fire. Uh, you see the progression of their faith as you walk through these 15 psalms of the degrees. In the first five psalms, the people move from bemoaning their troubles to, and you can fill the blank in, to beholding the Lord. They move from bemoaning their troubles to beholding the Lord. You know, in, the, in those early Psalms. It talks about, you know, I will lift up my eyes uh, to the mountains from whence comes my help. And then he talks about lifting up his eyes uh, to the Lord as a, a servant would to his master, trusting him for guidance, direction, uh, provision, uh, protection, uh, all things. So uh, in those first five, 
moving from bemoaning their troubles to beholding the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, for whom nothing is impossible. And we've definitely seen that in this series. And then in the second five Psalms, the people are believing of the Lord as they place their confidence in God's promises. It's fascinating. As they take their eyes off the circumstances, off the trouble, off the adversity, and they place their eyes on God, suddenly they have a whole different perspective. Their attitude changes. They do realize as they look to God, His majesty, His greatness, nothing's too difficult for God. Nothing's impossible for God. What is this great host of Assyrians up against God? I mean, when God's on your side, that's the majority. You know, you're, you're, you're the winner. You're the victor. And so it, 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 it brought about this tremendous confidence, this tremendous faith in God as they put their eyes on their Lord. And then notice in the last five Psalms, the people are continually blessing, blessing the Lord for His forgiveness and faithfulness, just blessing Him for His pardon, for His goodness, for His faithfulness. Now, in this last psalm, continuing with the historical background in your notes, in this last psalm, Hezekiah leaves us exactly where you would expect him to leave us. If, if you should have picked up on Hezekiah's heart by this time. And this should not surprise you. Where does he leave us? In Solomon's temple, the house of the Lord, which was so dear to Hezekiah's heart. Remember, Hezekiah had cleansed the temple. He had restored the temple. He had reopened the temple door, doors for worship after a time of great apostasy and evil. And, and he did it complete with priestly choirs and orchestras who gave thanks and praised the Lord every morning and every evening. Seven days a week, every morning, every evening. They broke out in song and as the orchestra played, as they uh, blessed the Lord. And you remember Isaiah 38, 20, where Hezekiah said, the Lord will surely save me. So we will play my songs on stringed instruments all the days of our life in the house of the Lord. And so I ended the historical background with a prayer. May God give us the heart of Hezekiah, of whom it is written, Hezekiah did what was good, right, and true before the Lord his God. Every work which he began in the service of the house of God in law and in commandment, seeking his God, he did with all his heart and prospered. And the secret to Hezekiah was he had a heart of worship, that in his trouble he turned to behold God. And in beholding God, he found the faith to place his confidence in God. And as he placed his confidence in God, he saw the power of God released because without faith, what? It's impossible to please God. It's faith that releases the power of God into our lives and to our circumstances. Now, let's just move right into lessons to be learned uh, for today from this simple little song, psalm about blessing the Lord. Number one, and this will be on PowerPoint, uh, to bless the Lord is an expression of praise designed to enhance God's character and exalt God's reputation in the minds and hearts of the people. To bless the Lord. In other words, I'm just giving you a simple definition. What does it mean to bless the Lord as we're being instructed to do in Psalm 134? It just says it's an expression of praise, of worship, designed to enhance 
God's character and to exalt God's reputation in the minds and hearts of the people. Psalm 134, 1a again. Behold, bless the Lord, all servants of the Lord. Now, that's specifically in the context referring to the priest in the temple who led out in that blessing, who led out in that praise and worship, but that's what they led, and they led the people in that, just like often the choir and the praise team up here leads us into worship, leads us into blessing uh, God. A great example of this, a great example of this is Psalm 34, uh, verses 1 through 4. Now, as we walk through this, uh, there are a lot of Scripture references, and I will share each one of them with you. I'll probably move a little too quick for you to move with me in your Bibles, but you have the references in your notes, and you can return and reflect upon them. But a good example of this is Psalm 34. Now, it's important to get the context of Psalm 34. This is one of the Psalms that David wrote when he was a fugitive on the run from Saul. If you remember this period of David's life, he became public enemy number one. Saul labeled him a criminal, and he became totally isolated and had to run for his life into the Judean wilderness, and he ended up crawling in total depression and despair into what was called the Cave of Adullam. And uh, to hide out from Saul. And this, he often would return uh, to this place. And eventually did, as we're going to see, became his quiet place uh, as he uh, found God uh, there. And if you remember what happened, the, the progression in David's life, God, God was preparing him to be king. And God was using the adversity to bring him to brokenness. To, to help David see his total and utter dependence upon God. To learn not to lean on any other crutch but God himself, and in leaning on God to develop an intimacy with God so that he could lead the people in faith in God, so that they would put their trust in God. And so what did God do to David in that cave of dark despair? Well, the same thing he does for us in our times of adversity. He gets us so low that we have no place to look but what? Up. And that's what we've seen in the miracle of the degrees. All those psalms about lifting up your eyes, beholding the Lord. And then the, the, the second place he brought David to where exalting God became more important than escaping the cave. He discovered an intimacy with God in that cave that he never knew. And where that began as a cave of despair, he literally transformed it into a cathedral of praise. As he blessed, I would, I would have loved to have been in the mouth of that cave at this juncture in David's life when he began to bless God, praise God, and where exalting God became more important than escaping the cave. And he would be content the rest of his life to stay right there because he had discovered that God's enough and God satisfies. And he's my strength. He's my joy. He's my life. And this is what he wrote. I will bless the Lord at all times. Wrote this in the cave now. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. That the humble will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my 
fears. Amen? That's what it means to bless the Lord. Again, it's an expression of praise designed to enhance God's character and exalt God's reputation among God's people. Because I need to also mention, you say, well, I thought David was alone, so who's he instructing? If you're familiar with the story, once God finally got his boy where he needed him, and he brought him to a place of brokenness, where exalting God became more important than escaping the cave. You remember what God started doing? He started bringing people to the cave. And they were a motley crew. I mean, if you remember, they were all malcontents, boy. Folks in debt that were disgruntled, uh, that were angry, that were bitter. And David just began teaching them what God had taught him. And among that group were 400 men that became his 400 mighty men of valor. And they didn't start out as mighty men of valor. They were some pathetic folks, let me tell you. But through David's teaching, as he imparted to them what God had given to him, their lives were transformed. And they were able to serve David for the majority of his life. Look at the second truth. To bless the Lord is to serve or stand before the Lord as an attendant, ready to obey the Lord's instructions. So to bless the Lord is to serve or stand before the Lord as an attendant, ready to obey the Lord's instructions. Uh, Psalm 134, that second part of verse 1, who serve by night in the house of the Lord, and circle that word serve. That word in the Hebrew literally means to wait upon as a servant would wait on his master. So yes, those priests were there to praise him and to thank him and to bless him morning and night, uh, all through the day. But as they're blessing him at the same time, they're ready to hear his instructions. They're ready to immediately obey whatever God asked them uh, to do. Uh, so as we, we bless him, we see him as what? The sovereign Lord, who not only requires the surrender of our lives, but he's worthy of the surrender of our lives. And we make that surrender not out of a sense of duty, but out of a sense of great delight because of who he is and what he's done for us. That's why we're blessing him. And, and so it's obvious that if I'm truly blessing him for who he is, and what he's done for me, recognizing his grace and mercy, that's going to lead me to one place, surrender. Surrender would be the evidence of authentic blessing the Lord. Romans 12, 1 and 2, I, I, I urge you, brethren, as you look at the mercies of God, what he's done for you, present your bodies. And that word was the word that the priest used to offer their sacrifices. He said it should lead you to present your lives as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of spiritual worship. And don't be confirmed to, conformed to this thinking world. Don't, don't be squeezed into this world's mold of thinking and attitudes and perspectives and character and conduct. No, be transformed through the renewal of your mind that you might prove what is that what? Good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Deuteronomy 10.8, great, great uh, verse. This is when God was initially establishing the priesthood. And this is what it says. At that time, the Lord set apart 
the tribe of Levi. The tribe of Levi, of course, were the tribe that were the priest of the Lord. And notice what their primary functions were. It's very, very clear. To carry the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Remember, they had the tabernacle in that day where eventually they moved into the temple. Uh, once Solomon built that temple, but initially that tabernacle because they were always on the move uh, in the wilderness going toward the promised land. And, of course, that tent contained what? The Ark of the Covenant, which represented God's presence uh, with his people. Uh, but not only that, here now, here, here's where it links to Psalm 134.1, to stand before the Lord to serve him and to bless in his name until this day. That was the primary function of the Levitical priesthood, to carry the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, which was the central place of worship for God's people in the Old Testament, to stand before the Lord, to serve him, again, as his attendants, waiting on him, ready to obey his every instruction, and then to bless. Not only to bless him, but to then extend his blessing to the people. And then one more reference, and this is a, a good one, Zechariah 3, 7. I wish I could had time to go more into the context because it, it, it's, it's beautiful. He's talking about Joshua the high priest. And this is all in the context of God restoring his people. And, and this whole passage eventually brings you right to Jesus, who ultimately will be the one that will, whose love and grace will triumph over his people. But, you, but you, you, you have this picture of the high priest and Satan's at his side accusing him. And then the Lord shows up and basically, who are you to accuse one of mine? And then it talks about him forgiving Joshua, giving him clean clothes. And then, this is what we read in verse 7. Thus says the Lord of hosts, and this is being spoken to Joshua the high priest. If you will walk in my ways, and if you will perform my service, then you will also govern my house and also have charge of my courts, and I will grant you free access among these who are standing here. So again, we see this, this, this principle again that if we authentically bless God for who He is, it, it's obvious you can't do that without full and total surrender to Him to where you're willing to walk in his ways, to perform his service, and be that, again, uh, attendant that just stays on tiptoes and just keeps the focus on God uh, to uh, follow his every prompting. Look at the third truth that we uh, learn for today. To bless the Lord is to lift up our hands to him. That is biblical. Look at Again, 134 verse 2, lift up your hands to the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Now, lifting one hand to the Lord indicates two things. This is very important to see because we don't want to put ourselves in a position of being a hypocrite. We just talked about how you can be a hypocrite in blessing the God and God, but there's not really total surrender to Him. You're just putting on a show. Well, this would be a, a, another way to be the part of a hypocrite of a play, raising your hands to him in praise if this is not true of you. Lifting one's hands to the Lord indicates two things. Number one, clean hands and heart. Clean hands and heart. In other words, you're walking. None of, none of us are perfect, right? 
we're struggling, we fail, we sin. So he's not talking about you got to be walking in perfection. But by golly, what it is talking about is you got to walk before God in total honesty and transparency to where you're quick to confess your sin and to forsake that sin and to know Jesus as your first love, your greatest passion, and your pursuit. Psalm 24, verses 3 and 4. Who may ascend unto the hill of the Lord? And who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands, referring to our conduct, our behavior, and a pure heart, the inner man, our attitudes, our thought processes, who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood and has not sworn deceitfully. And, of course, the only reason we can do that is through the blood of Jesus Christ our Lord. We don't come into his presence on the basis of our performance, but on the basis of the blood. But if I'm going to know the value of that blood in my life, I must walk in the light, even as Christ is in the light, to know the blood of Christ continually cleansing me from all sin. And then notice the second thing. It also means a consecrated hands and heart. We're back to this thing of consecration, of surrender, absolute surrender to God. Consecration means I willfully, deliberately, I'm setting apart my life for one express purpose, and that's to serve, and that is to honor God as an expression of my love for God, as an expression of my worship, my delight in God. I love Psalm 119 on this point, verses 44 through 48. David wrote, so I will keep your law continually forever and ever, and I will walk at liberty, for I seek your precepts. And by the way, notice, when you truly walk in God's Word, when you walk in His laws, it doesn't lead to legalism, it leads to liberty. It leads to seeing your life set free from sin, to know God's power, transforming power in your life. Uh, Legalism is the distortion of what God uh, intended, where we make sort of our man-made regulations and our list that determine whether or not a person is spiritual. No, the whole key is God's Word and being consecrated to that Word and letting God's Word uh, uh, take root in your life and to blossom where you become a walking, living epistle of that truth. But he says, and I will walk at liberty for I seek your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be ashamed. I shall, notice, delight, delight, not duty, but delight is the emphasis, in your commandments, which I love, and I shall lift up my hands to your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. In other words, here, he's lifting up his hands, indicating total and absolute consecration to God's word that he loves. And when he says meditate, that word meditate means, he says, I'm, I continually, I walk through life, not just in my prayer time, not just in my devotional times, but, I, but I'm, I'm, I'm asking God to give me the grace where I develop a walk where I'm continually reflecting on God's Word, where I'm bringing my thoughts captive to the obedience of God's Word, my affections and my emotions, my will. So God, as I walk through life, when I begin to think 
what I should not be thinking. Will you bring that to my attention? Give me the grace to nip it in the bud and turn immediately to your word to know the transforming of my mind. When I find my emotions acting out in a way that would not be honorable to you, God, give me the grace to nip that in the bud, to turn to you, to turn to your word, to bring my emotions in check through the power of the word of God and your spirit working in me and my will as, as well. What did Jesus say in John 14, 21? You're all familiar with this. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. You know, over in the epistle of John, you know, John says, hey man, the person who says with his mouth that he loves God, but he's not obeying his commandments, he's not keeping his commandments, he's a liar. The truth is not in him. So Jesus acknowledges the one who has my commandments, and that's the one who loves me. That's the one who's really come to know me. And again, it's not that we, we come to know him uh, through our performance, through our keeping, but it demonstrates the relationship we have with him through his grace and through his mercy, and that we've recognized he's adopted us as his child. He, God is our father. He is our brother. And we're part of the family, and there are family rules, and we want to abide by those rules to honor our Father who loved us by giving His Son for us. So it's, again, another way to bless God, to praise God, to thank God, to worship God in hypocrisy that displeases God is, again, not to have clean hands and heart, not to have consecrated hands and heart. Look at the fourth truth, to bless the Lord. And this is so practical right here. To bless the Lord can always be seen and or heard. I don't know that I've found an exception here in the Bible. In other words, when you see in the Scriptures blessing God, thanking God, praising God, it's something that literally can be seen with physical eyes or heard with your ears. Let me give you some examples. First, there's vocally blessing God. Psalm 145, 21. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh will bless His holy name forever and ever. See, other people can't join in unless... They're hearing what I'm blessing God for. Because again, as I bless him, go back to point number one. What am I doing? I'm enhancing his character. I'm exalting his reputation before the people. So as I speak that, others are able to be moved and join in on that. Psalm 63.3, because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips will praise you. Psalm 30 verse 4, sing. Sing, not just speak, but sing praise to the Lord, you His godly ones, and give thanks to His holy name. But not only vocally, audibly. In other words, other ways out other than just us speaking. Look at Psalm 47, verse 1. You know what it says? Oh, clap your hands, all peoples. It's not like, it's not, it's not clapping for a performance somebody has given up here. True blessing God is clapping to bless God. 
What we should be clapping for is not necessarily the one who's bringing the message through song. What we should be clapping for is the message, what's being communicated, the truth about God. Again, don't misunderstand me. It's not that we don't appreciate the wonderful gifting uh, people give our singers and orchestra folks. We do, and we should express that to them. But in the context of blessing God, yes, it is very appropriate to clap hands, but that clapping is directed at God for who He is and what He has done. And in that same verse, the second part says, not only clap your hands, but shout to God with joy. Shout with God with joy. You know, how many times have you heard Andy say, uh, we should have the same excitement that you see in some of these football stadiums? Uh, on Saturday afternoons. And, and there, there's, a, there, there, there's a point there uh, that, that there should be an excitement. There should be an enthusiasm. You can go too far with all of that, but, but the point being, the essence is, yes, we should be excited. We should be enth- almost that where we can't contain ourselves. And, and, and sometimes we'll just erupt in, in shouting. Uh, and then Psalm 150 Uh, Let me just read the whole psalm. It's a short psalm, but it says it all. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty expanse. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with trumpet sound, Janet. Praise Him with harp and lyre. Praise Him with temporal and dancing. Praise Him with stringed instruments and pipe. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Psalm 150. Not only vocally, not only audibly, but also visibly. Psalm 63, verses 4 and 5. So I will bless you as long as I live, and I will lift up my hands in your name. Something that's being seen. My soul is satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth offers praises with joyful lips. Psalm 49, verse 3, let him praise his name with dancing. Let them sing praises to him with temple and lyre. Now, in light of this, praise him with dancing. Uh, After the service concludes, Chris will be up here. She'll get your name if you'd like lessons on uh, worship dancing, okay? She's sort of our resident uh, expert there, so she'll be glad to give you lessons, although I think she's sort of a lone ranger. I, she, I've never seen her work well with a partner there. Matter of fact, in this particular, forgive me for this, but actually in this service, I was watching her, and it, and it does bring me great delight to see that. Uh, I'm not embarrassed by it at all. Uh, I'm thankful for that so wonderful expression that God has uh, given her. But, I, uh, but her uh, older brother, Jonathan, was sitting right behind her. And I just walked over and I said, I said Jonathan, she might like a partner right now. And uh, he said, no thanks, no thanks. <laughs> and then uh, Psalm 95, 6. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. And then the very last point, and this is, a, this, is, should, this is a very, very special truth. No one can render blessing to the Lord without receiving blessing from the Lord. It's almost like a continuous cycle, you know. I mean, the only reason we bless Him is because He's first blessed us, 
I mean, we're totally dependent upon a sovereign God extending His grace and mercy to us, which invokes the surrender of our lives, invokes that praise and worship. But then as we praise Him, He just continues to bless us, and it's just an unending circle, and that's the way it is meant uh, to be. Uh, Psalm 134, that last verse, may the Lord bless you from Zion. Notice the shift now from blessing God to Him blessing us. May the Lord bless you from Zion, He who made heaven and earth. And listen, this uh, number six, Numbers chapter six, verses 24 and 26, this is the specific blessing that God instructed Aaron and the priest to give the people. And I think it really captures when we bless God, how he blesses us. And this is what it says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord, may the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Amen. Don't you want peace? Don't you want life? Don't you want grace? Don't you want His shining on you, keeping you, protecting you, guiding you? Well, again, uh, that all comes from uh, blessing Him. You know, I, I think we often miss this in our Christian experiences. It's, it's literally, what you see in the Scriptures, it's literally in the context of blessing God, praising God, worshiping God, whether it's... Um, individually or whether it's corporately, where God communicates His person to us. He communicates His plans and the power to execute His plans. Uh, you see this so often in Scripture as, uh, as God takes the initiative to meet one of His children. And what it invokes, that encounter, is worship on the part of His child. But in that counter, God then gives His child instruction and guidance, a plan, and not only the plan, but the power to execute it for God's honor. I like this quote. I want to give you one quote from a Bible teacher by the name of Kinder, uh, and then we're going to move into uh, the special way we're going to end the service today. I like this. He said, to bless God is to acknowledge gratefully what He is, right? But to bless man God must make him what he is not and give him what he has not. That's the distinction between us and God. We bless him for who he is, for what he's done to us. God blesses us by changing us, transforming us. And that's the point I'm making. It's as we bless him that God also reciprocates and blesses us by changing and transforming our lives. So let me ask the uh, praise team and the uh, praise band to go ahead and make, get their way up to the platform. Let me, let me give you a little instructions. This is how we're going to end the service. I thought this would be, I couldn't think of a more appropriate way to do it. Uh, we have several more songs uh, planned. Uh, what's the first song, Andy? Blessed be the name will be the first song. This is how it's going to work. They're going to begin singing. We're going to all they're going to lead us, and we're going to all bless God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. As this song is being sung, I'm inviting, as many of you would like, just come and sit on these front pews. When the song is over, 
I will let either all of you or maybe a portion of you, we'll just see because we have several songs planned and, and the testimonies will be interspersed between the songs. But then you'll just simply come to the mic and I'm going to stand here to control you because we do want to keep it. In other words, did you see how short Psalm 134 is? Well, we want to keep our blessing short right now too. Uh, and, and just this simple. If everyone just sort of just followed this basic format, just come to the mic and just say, Lord, I want to bless you right now for, and then whatever it is. It could just be a single acknowledgement of some character or attribute of God. It may be for his provision to you, his protection. Uh, again, this isn't time for a, a long extended uh, uh, testimony. It's, it, it's to give as many of us as we desire uh, to be able to put an exclamation point on this message, an opportunity, very simply, very, to bless him. And I think in the process, we'll be blessed in it. And I hope uh, young people, I hope young people will participate, uh, any and all ages. And uh, so uh, let's go in the first song. And then, like I said, if, 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 if you would, please participate. As this song is being sung, just come and Sit here on this, uh, one of these front pews and we'll bring you up after this song. And then uh, if we can't get all of you in, we'll do the second song. And, uh, and at each song, more of you can come. So, you know, it's, you know, if you don't come on this first song because you're holding on to the pew, you know you need to, but you're not. With it, on the second song, you can come down. On the third song, you can come down. So on any one of the three songs, uh, you can come down and uh, do that. Go ahead, Andy. Let's stand. Cows and tongues to sing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The glories of my God and King. Blessed be the name of the Lord. during the testimonies. You can be seated. Coach, come on. This is Coach Jody. Remember, he had his whole football team here the other day at Chattahoochee County High School. Get right there in the mic. You would make me first. I trust you. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've been very blessed. So I want to bless the Lord for all his blessings. Uh, the one that stands out most in my mind when he started talking, uh, of course, right behind God giving his son for me, which is the greatest blessing of all. But right behind that, he gave me a daughter, Hannah. And uh, she has been uh, the light of my life, and I want to thank him for that. Amen. Andy, there's, a, there's a, quite a testimony that goes with that. We'll get you back but, up. But, but for right now, I just want to thank him sincerely and, and bless him. Amen. Amen. Emily? This has been the hardest year of my life, and I would not have made it without so many of you who have been blessed in so many, many different ways. Phone calls, meals, a loving hand, prayers, and I thank you. Tell them what your trial has been. Some may not know. My husband died last year, October the 2nd. We found out he was sick on September the 7th. He went in the hospital on October, September 28th. 
and he died October the 2nd. There was no time to prepare for that. And thank you. I'm just going to say, I want to bless the Lord because his mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah. I just want to bless the Lord for delivering me from my depression and my despair three years ago, and also for the injuries that I've suffered, and he's healed my body. Victoria is another one we may need to give her to give her testimony fuller. That that was uh, a very significant what she just shared. I want to bless the Lord for because He breaks generational chains Amen. of sin. Karen, I would love to bless the Lord for His awesome Word. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Okay, Stan, we're going to sing the second song. As we sing the second song, I trust more of you will come down. Again, young people, folks of all ages, you, some of you college folks, whatever, career folks. So uh, let's sing, let's praise him, worship him. And come down now, God's, to bless him. Blessed is your name, the land that is plentiful. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to grace. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glory. You may be seated. Uh, I just want to thank God for his mercy. You know, sometimes we, we tend to think that we're, we're so bad, but God just, God knows what, what we need before we even ask, before we even need. He shows us what we're like. Well, sometimes we hate to look in the mirror, but he shows us what we're truly like. And it's not because he wants to come down on us, because he wants to change us and make us more like him. Amen. And I just thank him for his grace and his mercy every day. Because the more we look at ourselves, the more we want to change. We want to be like him. He wants us to be like him. And I just thank him. I just want to thank God for his unfailing love. And Dad, Emily. I thank God for the body of Christ. They have been his hands and his feet and show that unfailing love. Um, just an echo of two already that this body of Christ has just been a huge blessing to my family, my wife, 
Um, I've caused chaos by making us have so many kids. Um, and um, y'all have just been awesome showering of love and encouragement for her and for myself. And uh, we just thank y'all. Yeah. Thank God for y'all. Don't know if we're but uh, they're looking for babysitters. <laughs> I want to thank God for my dad, who's going to be 90 this year, and I still have him, and all my friends at church that I have that have helped me through life. Hi. Um, I just want to thank God for his forgiveness because I don't deserve it at all but he gives it to me every day even though I haven't given everything to him yet and yeah <laughs> I'd like to bless the Lord and uh, thank him so much uh, a number of you would know that I've just been through some real hard health problems and almost didn't make it. And the Lord not only spared my life, but also restored me back to health a lot quicker than anybody thought it would be. Thank you. Sort of like the others, I just want to thank God for this body for his perfect plan that we're in him, but we're also in each other. And I also want to thank him for his grace, which is so amazingly su sufficient, no matter what's going on. And through this grace, he teaches us. He, he never stops teaching us, and that's kind of exciting. It's a big adventure. And thank every one of you. Andy. I want to bless the Lord that he's been my hope giver and my sustainer through all of life's situations. I, too, lost a loving, wonderful spouse suddenly, went to bed, and he was dead next morning by 7.30, um, so no time to prepare. But through God's word and learning to be thankful and grateful has what's helped me the most through everything. And coming here, he, that he brought me to him first and brought me to this church when I was 25 years old and was saved and healed from a horrible, horrible, deep depression that doctors thought would take years to get through. And God worked a miracle. Bless him. You know, it may not look like it, but I've been in this church for about 50 years. So I want to bless the Lord for his faithfulness to Hedgewood Baptist Church. There's churches out there that don't preach, teach, and give us the opportunities and the blessings with discipleships and various ministry opportunities for us to grow. Thank you, Lord. When I came to Edgewood about 20-some years ago, I needed the Lord. Oh, no, I needed the Lord. But like many sinners, you know, you're critical of everything that people say and maybe their behavior. So uh, you don't realize, but the Lord, I thank him for his grace and patience because he told me. He said, if you stay, 
and you stay and grow in me. I promise you, I'll be like a diamond cutter. I will cut you. I will cut your, your you know, I cut you into what you want to be and what you need to be. And you'll be coming out shiny. And that's what I'm doing. It hasn't always been easy, but that is a part of growth. If we don't go through trials and tribulations, we can't grow. So I thank him so much for what he's done in my life. Thank you, dear Lord. That last song said, he gives and takes away. And I want to praise the Lord for turning my tragedy into triumph. The, death, the stillbirth death of my first baby 21 years ago is what led me to Christ. So he took him away, but he gave back so much. Jesus promised me that he would give me more children. He would use my tragedy for good. And he has, all those promises have come true. So praise you, Jesus, for all of your blessings. Uh, so a couple weeks back, Granddad gave a great message um, on Thank Psalm 131. <laughs> yeah, it's rare, well, but it happens. One of the right? few I've given. Right? One <laughs> exactly. of the few I've given. Yeah. Um, uh, and it really just spoke to me. It felt like God was speaking directly to me because uh, it's on the humility um, and trusting God for believers. Um, and just one of the deepest struggles in my life is a heart that is prideful and haughty and seeks to glorify itself instead of the name of Christ. And so um, I'd like to bless the Lord using uh, a verse from the end of Daniel chapter 4, uh, written by Nebuchadnezzar, but I come back to it all the time because it's just great for my own life. Uh, now I, Nebuchadnezzar, or Anthony, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven for all his works are right and his ways are just and those who walk in pride he is able to humble. Hey, stand up. This is the last song, your last opportunity. I'm still going to give any of you an opportunity if you'd like to come down, and then we'll be closing the service after that. So this is the last song, your last opportunity to come down. But let's praise him. Let's worship him. Beautiful, beautiful old hymn. Thou fount of every mercy, to my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of highest praise. Teach me some melodious song, sung by flaming tongues above. Mount I fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. And uh, I, my husband has had Alzheimer's for the last few years, but I just want to say I have been blessed over and over and over. He has a sweet disposition, and I want to thank all of you that have been praying for him and uh, sending him sweet cards. Thank you.
I just want to bless the Lord and thank him for sustaining us through uh, Billy's illness for the last two years and for the other difficulties we've had in our family during that time. Uh, Y'all have been a great blessing to us. He was diagnosed two years ago with a terminal illness and the only hope on this side of heaven was for him to have a lung transplant, which he did almost a year ago. And that wasn't an end all to it, but he's doing much better and we just thank you so much for blessing us with your prayers and your gifts and uh, your encouragement. I just want to praise the Lord for, Lord, all the way from the darkness of dog patch to right now. He's blessed me. You know, he keeps cutting away at my body a little bit here and there, but he's put me back in, he's got my heart in one place, and it belongs to Jesus. So I thank him. God bless you. So I wanted to thank the Lord for watching over me. This past school term, it's been long, very stressful. I had a lot of problems. But he showed me that he's looking out for me and it could have been a lot worse. And he's just taught me a lot over the school term. I want to bless the Lord basically just because from all the media or even what school teaches you, tries to teach you sometimes, I just want to bless the Lord for me being able to go back to him for the truth if I'm ever in question. I want to thank God for his faithfulness. There's not one area of my life from my childhood, to my salvation, to my marriage, to my children, to provision through sickness, through death. There is not one aspect of my life that I can't praise God for and his work. So I would, I would like to thank God, um, bless God for some of my influences in the church that have really um, built up different aspects of my faith. So I'm going to go around and name a couple of people um, just that have really, really impacted me um, super strongly. So Andy Johnston, um, just, to, just for showing me what, um, what a life of praise um, dedicated to God really looks like. Um, you know, to not um, bring his, his talent to his glory, but to use it to glorify God. Um, Alex, um, for showing me what it looks like um, to really dedicate all your time to Christ. Um, her life is just uh, completely, completely dedicated to Christ. And that's, that's been something that's really uh, encouraged me for uh, Kevin, that's playing the guitar, um, teaching me... Um, what it, showing me what it looks like to have a real, um, a deep passion and faith for digging into scripture and looking, looking into it. Um, uh, Brian Lazari and my father for um, giving me a close look at what it looks like to be a real, uh, a strong man of God, a steadfast uh, faith. Uh, for Jonathan Wilson, um, teaching me strength and to defend my faith um, passionately and to um, Malia Wilson, 
um, for showing me um, being just a wonderful example of uh, the love that Christ wants all of us to show all of each other and also the rest of the world and uh, also for Ken Grubb um, just being a, a very strong passionate um, man of God I just want to bless God for his faithfulness in giving me direction guidance the motivation that I lacked to follow him um, on the road that Joe and I have traveled these last few years uh, to restoration. I tried really hard to hang on to my pew, but it's hard to ignore God's prompting. Um, I just wanted to thank him for revealing himself to us through his word. He's given me a renewed, or maybe not even renewed, maybe a new love for his word. Um, and through my personal time in the Word, through my time in precept, um, He's just transforming me. And it's a foundation for me, it's a rock, it's a refuge, and an encouragement. So I'm thankful to Him for that, and to our church, and to the ministry of precept. precept. Amen. So thanks, Haley. I was holding on to my pew. Um, I just want to bless God for teaching us through everything to be thankful. Um, and outside of my six kids that have brought me great joy and just a love that's natural, um, I'm going to embarrass somebody real quick. Sydney, since you were born and God brought you into our lives, you've always been special. I've loved you. I've learned so much from you. And that's been natural since you were a teeny tiny baby. And I'm thankful for you. And I know God did that with very, very specific purposes. So I'm thankful for that and just for God teaching us the truth of thankfulness and what it will do to you in the middle of anything, how it realigns us to who he is and what he's here and how he works in us. Amen. This is uh, Mayang. She would prefer me to speak for her uh, with uh, her English. Uh, but uh, she said uh, uh, the message on Psalm 121, yeah. she said, spoke in a very unique way to her heart and uh, just really drew her closer to Jesus. And she just wanted to bless him and praise him for that. Amen. Amen. <laughs> okay, we'll let Linwood close it up. to share with you that we were really blessed yesterday and um, in the men's prayer group we had the opportunity to um, minister to a lady right at the end when we were about ready to wrap up and uh, she came in there with lots of needs and she'd come in there from time to time that we would some of the men would provide her with maybe a breakfast or something like that but she was so discouraged and despondent because she had lost her work. And uh, she just uh, really became, she said, I don't want to go back to my old ways. I don't want to go back to drugs. I don't want to go back to the streets. I don't want to hustle anymore. And we gathered around her and we had an opportunity to just pray with her and uh, to minister her uh, financially. Um, 
not in a big way, but in a, in a way that was meaningful to her as God directed. And it was just neat to see how the men just, as we surrounded her and prayed over her, and just how, you know, we normally take an offering anyway, but we'd already done all that. And how the men were just motivated to move, to give uh, for that uh, cause. But I'm just asking you to pray, you know, as Andy's always said, it's not about these four walls, it's about what we do out there. And uh, that's what it's about. And so I'd also just encourage you to go out there and to just take, seize the opportunities that he gives us. I had an opportunity, and I'll take one more second, Andy, uh, to just say I had an opportunity to pray with, with a team member. And I really, the team member really thought I, when I was calling them to my office that I was gonna assign them more work on Friday. But I really didn't. I had wrestled with this for two days because it's not something that we normally do. But I asked her to come in and to close the door. And I asked her if I could pray with her. And by the time that prayer wrapped up, she said no one had ever done that for her. And she was so grateful and it met such a need. Now it wasn't me, it wasn't to bring glory to me, but it brought glory to him because I really didn't, I really was resisting to do it. And I know that you know, there were consequences that I was taking, risks that I was taking to do that. But I knew that I had to do it. And so I just encourage you to be obedient to him. Amen. Well, thank you for uh, all uh, participating. Uh, I want to bless God very briefly. Uh, this Saturday will be my 49th birthday. Spiritual birthday, spiritual birthday. Uh, and I just praise God. He brought me, as most of you all know, out of a very deep life of sin and rebellion into his grace and into his mercies. I'm going to call on Alan Adams, uh, one of our elders here, to uh, close this service out. Uh, it's been a special service, a little unique. Uh, oh, yeah, one little brief announcement. Uh, they'll be selling tickets uh, to the, uh, there's a, uh, chili contest. That's another thing the youth will be doing to uh, raise money for missions. It's in October. And so if you'd like more information about that, uh, Amy will be at the uh, information desk and you can get those tickets from her for the uh, chili uh, event. Father, I'm reminded as I've listened to these testimonies, Lords and prayers and thanksgiving, that all of us in this room started out as debtors. And Lord, it's by virtue of your grace and your mercy towards us that it's out of that overflowing gratitude that our worship comes. So Father, I thank you for what we've heard this morning. And Lord, I really believe that we continue this all day and night for the rest of our lives because by virtue of your grace towards us, we've all been embellished with grace. Thank you and praise you and magnify your name for your majesty's transcendent and your sovereign. In Christ's name, amen.